Hello, everybody. This is the Fat and Weak Podcast, and I'm Daniel. And I'm Russell. So, today is Friday. Um, we didn't make our Thursday quota. Well, you just missed it by that much. <laughs> but, so, how's your day been since... Since Tuesday? Tuesday? Yeah. Um, been pretty good. I mean, not perfect. I wouldn't say i uh, reached keto this week, but uh, I think I'm pretty solidly in the low-carb lifestyle yeah um, headed towards that um, you know we've been uh, rocking the stuffed bell peppers recently and and those are really good like, <laughs> they are good like you know I don't know how I don't know how you deal with eating food that you don't like because you don't like that much you don't you like a lot of food but for me when I start to eat something that I know right off the bat I'm not gonna like it's like my body Treats it like a sickness or a... Um, it's like tensing up for a shot at the doctor's office. Or you know it's good for you, but you don't like it. <laughs> but yeah, you're, it's like I tense up to it. And it's like after after I ate it like two or three times, it became normal. Yeah, it becomes tolerable. You know what to expect. You can relax a little bit. You can start tasting it. So, and what you're talking about is the bell peppers. I mean, you... I mean, this family, I guess, hasn't really been much into... Uh, veggies other than myself probably since I I kind of like it and I can eat salads a lot and I you know we both went vegan for a little while and we and plant-based whole foods and and so I enjoyed that more you were always kind of uh, gritting your teeth and white knuckling it through those things yeah but the bell peppers actually taste good and like it it doesn't and one of the biggest things I had to get past was the texture and stuff. But once I got past that, it was easier because then I could actually enjoy the taste. Yeah, you've always had kind of a, a sensory issue when it came to your food. I mean, even as a baby and a child and stuff, there were certain things like cottage cheese and some stuff that as soon as it, it wasn't a taste issue because it was as soon as it touched your lips or your tongue you were done with it just yeah. from the texture and so i can see you having trying to overcome that now to to eat better so what have you have what has been your biggest win um you know continue the the biggest win uh, continues to be taking my meds um day and night i do uh, there hasn't been a single day that i've went all day without it there's been a couple times that i've missed either the morning or the evening dose um, so I haven't really transitioned yet over to it being a habit. It's still something I have to be aware of and, and make happen and anchor to something else um, or, you know, put it in my way to where I literally have to trip over it, not to forget it, you know, because um, a couple of times that I have missed a dose, it's always been uh, just out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Um, I it's not like in the past where I saw it and just didn't care or saw it and was in denial that I needed it or saw it and was like, eh, I don't want to go through opening all the bottles, get one out. You know, um, it's more of I just forgot about it until it was too late. <laughs> yeah. My biggest my biggest win so far is I haven't drank soda since Sunday. Oh, my gosh. High five. Yeah. Oh, they can't hear that high five. There we go. Yeah. So, like, it's been... Really, really nice. Even though I'm drinking tea, it's only um, like half a cup of sugar. For a gallon. For a gallon. So, that, so how are you doing with that? Is that sweet enough for you? Is it doing it? Yeah, I like it. Okay. And like I, I, that's what I've mostly been drinking. I drink, 
I try to drink water as well. Like I try to drink. <laughs> I try to drink water. As well. I try to drink at least <laughs> uh, forty-five ounces to okay to twenty-four ounces. I know. Yeah, that's because not a the lot. tea actually makes it where you actually need more water. Unfortunately, kind of like me in my morning coffee. It just I know that I need to add more water in my day because but, of that ritual. But it's so much better than sugar. Than the just pure syrup. Yeah. Soda sugar. Yeah. How, how have you noticed your energy levels? Well, I've been. I haven't really crashed because like the, my biggest I guess my anchor for my bad habits would be like me sitting down and playing video games yeah definitely you sit down start the video game reach for a bag of chips right and then drink a whole bunch of soda and I, instead of that I've been drinking drinking tea so like I, I've noticed after I drink a whole bunch of soda I play like one or two games and then I, I crash and want to go to bed or take a nap and it's, yeah. it's from drinking so much soda in that yeah. short amount of time. I think having to work a double shifts lately probably helps your diet too. Yeah. <laughs> You're too focused to worry about it and you can't game. So. And I, I've been um, very low carb diet because I've been working really hard of eat, not eating chips. I haven't eaten any chips. Nice. I've been eating cheese and meat. And yeah. the bell peppers with all the vegetables and stuff in there. So, like, I'm getting a full, healthy, roundabout meal instead of, like, what I usually do. Eat eat pasta and chips and soda. Yeah. Um, one thing I've been thinking of and trying to decide if I want to limit it some is um, you mentioned cheese. I was like, you know what? We're, I've got cheese on my breakfast for eggs. Uh, usually I'll cut a couple slices of cheese um, and do an avocado on a piece of toast yeah. for lunch. And then like our stuffed bell peppers have cheese in them. And when we're eating for dinner, I'm like, that's a lot of cheese, a lot of dairy. I got a little bit of creamer in the morning. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, research stuff out there about dairy in adults and inflammation and how it can kind of hinder weight loss and different things like that and feeling good and so I've been really trying to think how I want to handle that plus you know I'm not just trying to um, focus on diabetes I've also got some heart disease issues yeah. and so you know eating high fat and all this type of stuff I've, I've got that in the back of mind too is like I might be lowering my sugars but am I hurting my cholesterol am I hurting my heart and how can I be keto in a way that's both diabetic friendly weight loss oriented and heart friendly and uh, so i'm trying to do some more research in that and the research seems to be everywhere it seems like whatever you want to believe you can find an article to support it and that's what's frustrating yeah so what has your, been your like your biggest loss? um a mr good bar a mr good bar yeah um uh yeah that's yeah mr good bar that's that's my biggest loss, and I enjoyed every minute of losing it, <laughs> losing at it, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, my biggest loss so far is I've been, I've been doing really good on um, my diet, so the biggest loss so far is probably not getting to the gym. Yeah, but you worked a couple of double shifts lately. That'd be pretty hard with eight hours off between a couple 16s to hit the gym as well. Yeah, because I been, haven't been to the gym since Monday. Yeah, that hurts. So, but I've, but I went to, I played basketball Tuesday and Wednesday, so 
it wasn't like I didn't try to be active. It just I, and I thought Monday was going to be a really good day because like usually I start on Tuesday to do my workout, and I started on Monday. So like I was like I can, I can I've got a head start on my week. Yeah, I can do Monday, Wednesday, and Friday instead of Tuesday, Thursday, and then not do the third workout. Right. Yeah, and talking about workouts, I've uh, we we slowed down a little bit. Um, your mother and I on the chair workouts we talked about a few episodes ago because um, she pulled a muscle in her back and uh, it was really painful so she could only do legs for a couple days um, but so that got where I didn't do anything for a couple days but then I just decided to do it on my own and uh, my goodness I'm I, you know I, I have friends that are weightlifters and and great shape and so it's a little embarrassing if they're listening to say that I didn't even use my exercise bands and my abs and my shoulders are on fire. I got a <laughs> really? good workout just from the weight of my own body. Um, of course, that is 400 pounds. So that's so I can say that's probably more than they're lifting. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a little embarrassing to go, you know, be somebody that was really huge into weights at one time. And, and that, that's and, what and um, be able to finish a workout just with my own body weight. And that's what we learned from. Well, I think what you learned from Biggest Loser is that you you still burn calories from not using weight. Like you yeah. can you can do the motions and still get a workout from it. You don't have to actually do like a dumbbell lift, or you you can do it without the dumbbell and still burn calories. Yeah, and one thing you know people forget about uh, heavy people, big people is you know I I did a uh, body fat. Uh, test uh, back oh it's been years but um, I think I weighed three in the around 340 350 at the time yeah and uh, my lean body weight uh, with no fat was 221 pounds which means my my muscle mass was bigger than most than a lot of bodybuilders and stuff like that um, underneath this hundred pounds of, of flab, you know, and so I remember um, not working out much at all, and a uh, professional cyclist challenged me to a leg workout, and he he says, you know, I I, I mountain bike, I'm you know my legs are just extremely strong and well developed, and he could not believe that I every weight. Basically, every exercise he did with his weights, I doubled it. And he just couldn't believe it. I'm like, dude, I've been, my legs with every step, every stair, I'm doing a rep with 400 pounds. You know, that, it's, it, there's strength there and, and there is muscle there. So if we work with our bodies, we have, um, and now, now I've seen some heavy people that are, have very low muscle mass and they're very, uh, you know, fluffy, I guess you would say. Yeah. But um, some of us, we, there is a furnace ready to burn this fat if we will, if we will treat it right, and it'll help us out. And the younger we can get started doing that, the more efficient it's going to be. Yeah. So, um, I think we might be starting a series um, called oh, yeah? called Your Inner Salesman. <laughs> All right. We touched on that a little bit last podcast. What? Where do you see it going? Um. I think it could be like disorders, eating disorders, um, being addicted to sugar, 
because like our whole our whole um how why we're fat there's a reason why mm-hmm. and it's because of internal stuff more than external stuff right it's the internal team we have assembled doesn't have our best interest in mind it has its own comfort in mind yeah and and it, it, there's multiple salesmen there's um yeah. fear of missing out there's um binge eating yeah there's insecurities insecurities emotion anxiety all yeah. these things that we've learned to use food for as comfort right. internal in, critics yeah instead of using the natural yeah. way or the good and healthy way of dealing with anxiety depression um, all these things that are telling us this is what we need yeah so it'd be kind of like if we were a zookeeper or and we had a, a bunch of lions and instead of working with them and training them in a way that they don't want to eat us we just keep them full by continually to feed them so that they don't feel like eating us in the moment yeah. That's what we do with our internal team that's working against us. We just keep feeding it to medicate it. But we never educate it. We never train it. We never fire it and replace it with a team that will support us. You know, And you can kind of decide what, or figure out what kind of team you have is when you're down, what is going on in your head? Is it positive, affirming, you are worthy statements that are coming to your mind? Or is it... I'm stupid, I'm lazy, I don't deserve this comments that are coming to our mind. Yeah. And so the, the first, I guess, salesman we're going to try to attack is binge eating. Oh boy. Okay. Because I, I feel like um, I feel like our whole culture is geared toward um, wanting to binge eat. Binge eat. Okay. And you, you'll understand when I start this. Or like, or just our family seems geared toward that. Yeah. Or So, so what's your... Okay, go ahead. Sorry. So binge eating, um, by definition, must have recurring episodes. So if you just do it once, that's normal. It's just a good night out. That's just a good night out. <laughs> um, eating large amounts of food, which would be a given... But but you you people can eat large amounts of food and still feel in control. Okay. The third thing you have to do if you're going to be labeled binge eating is you must feel out of control. Yeah. Like you can't stop. Yeah. And and then it, and then you have to have three these three things with it to um, be diagnosed with it. Okay. Um, you must have you must eat faster than normal. Yeah. When you're binge eating. Eating until you're uncomfortably full. Okay. Eat, eating <laughs> eating without feeling hungry. Check. Eating alone because of embarrassment. Been there. <clears throat> feeling disgusted with oneself, depressed or guilty afterwards. Every time. So with me, I, I read that and like that's that's like who's spying on me? <laughs> yeah, that's every, that's every day. Almost. <laughs> that's every day. That's every meal. Yeah. And and what's what's problem with that is that it's kind of normalized with um, a lot of people. That's how a lot of people eat. Yeah. Like a lot of people want to be watching television alone, eating as much as they want. Right. Because they're not eating to fuel 
the next few hours of activity. They're eating to satiate the anxiety within them. They're eating out of um, habit. They're eating out of boredom. They're eating out of entertainment. They're eating for socialization. Um, when truly there are more healthier options than food to meet every one of those needs. And food truly could just be relegated to the proper fuel for the next four to six hours of activity. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we even, we eat according to what we've just done. Like if I worked really hard, I'd come home and eat and feel like I earned eating. But truly the food we ate before working out was for that. Mm -hmm. The food we're eating now isn't supposed to be for what we just did, but it's to what's coming. And so that's why it's bad that we have our big meal right before going to bed because we eat the big meal saying, man, I've worked hard today. But if we're eating for what's coming up, we're about ready to go to sleep, right? So that should probably be one of our smaller meals because you don't need as much food or energy in your body for sleeping, right? So breakfast, you know, would be the one where you'd prepare for the long work day, not dinner. And we kind of get it backwards. Yeah, so, and what's really... Um, showing of this is that we the American family or unit has kind of enabled this because how many um, with, with um, eating alone like before um, technology before technology <laughs> before all that usually everybody would meet at the table and eat yeah and so you don't have that option to um, eat alone yeah, we were recently uh, just kind of watched, did a Netflix binge. <coughs> we're talking about binging and watched Breaking Bad, the series. And one thing that, uh, um, as, as messed up as their lives were, one thing I noticed through the entire five seasons is they pretty much ate every single meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, or lunch they were usually working, but breakfast and dinner, at the family table, all together, no phones. I'm like... Man, when's the last time we did that? I mean, their lives were messed up, and they still did that. And I was like, I, there was a part of me that was like, man, I miss that. I want to do that, but yeah. we don't. Yeah. And, it, and it enables us to like feed into our um, disorder with eating without, alone. Yeah, without accountability. And it's normalized. So you don't. No one's going to say, hey, why don't? Why are you eating alone? Do you really need that? Yeah. <laughs> and so like. Like you probably have stories of like um, being in your car before you come in and eating something. Well, yeah, I mentioned that in one podcast that there were times when I went through a drive-through to get food for the family to bring home, and got an extra burger and a soda to drink and eat in the car on the ride home to eat my dinner. Well, you know, you want to know what's worse than that? What? Um, I went to KFC, got a KFC bucket, didn't eat the chicken. I ate the breading off the chicken. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then threw it away. Oh, my goodness. You're just craving that salty, crunchy treat, huh? Yeah, and that... And so, so, so your binge was, like, wasteful. It, it was... You spent quite a bit of money just to get some breading because you're in that... So you felt out of control, I imagine. Yeah. Would you think... When you're throwing it away and stuff, where you're like, "This is stupid." Yeah, but I, would, I think this is stupid, and I hope no one knows about it. <laughs> well, 
um, as this podcast grows, a lot of people may know about it. Yeah, and like, <laughs> what's crazy is that 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 would be someone to call me out if I did that. Yeah. But like with me, and what's crazy is that eating eating just a bag of chips is binge eating. Yeah. How many servings are in that bag that we call one serving? Yeah, like we seventeen. We, we usually eat a bag by ourselves. Yeah, yeah. When we used to have barbecues and stuff, we would get a bag per person for dinner. Yeah, so it's a family size bag, and that that's that's binge eating. That's yeah, that's and that's normalized. And how many times, even while you're eating it, you go, you, you get a moment of awareness, and you fold the top over and set it up to the side. Okay, I'm done. But within a couple minutes, you pulled it back, open it, you're eating some more. Yeah, and it, and you when, when you get to the end of the bob, the bag. You feel like out of control. Yeah, disgusted. Yeah. But so it's like, what are so what are some ways to interrupt that pattern or interrupt that disorder? And, uh, yeah. And I, I found some because I, I was re I watched some videos on how people kind of deal with binge eating and how to um, interrupt it or because. Um, and I heard this person say, once you try to stop binge eating for, at the start, it gets worse. It doesn't get better. Right, because you're pulling away the medication that's been working. And yeah. so you end up just having more anxiety because if you don't know how to replace what the food's doing for you, you it just gets harder. Yeah, it's almost like um, a conf It's almost like before the war starts. You know you have to do this. The war's coming. And it's going to get worse once two sides collide. But after the war, it's going to reap the benefits of what you did. Yeah. But you don't want to go through the war. Yeah. <laughs> like, where's that magic pill that I just take one time and I'm over this? Yeah. So so when you start to face your disorder or binge eating, at the start, it's going to feel overwhelming. And it's going to feel... It's going to get worse at the start. It's not going to... It's not something where it gets better the moment you start it. So I would say then one key to beating this is going into it knowing that. Not trick, not lying to yourself that things are going to be rosy. You know, know what's coming. Be That episode we did on being real. Know that this is going to be hard. That And, and have a plan of support in place for that rough patch. Because you know you can't you know you can't trust yourself to do the right thing in the midst of that. Yeah. So you've got to have things planned out and ready before you enter it. Mm -hmm. And so I looked up this other thing um, on YouTube, and what they said, what you need to do to um, to start a new pattern is you have to mess up the pattern you have now. Yeah. Tony Robbins used to talk about that a lot. And what I mean like mean like that, it's almost like a record player, and the um, mm -hmm. and it follows the pattern in the record to make the music. So what you got to do is you got to take a knife, create new grooves, and create new grooves and mess up the pattern you have. So when you put it put it back on the thing, it doesn't follow the same pattern. Yeah, and it's messed up, so it can't it can't go back to what it was before. Yeah. Tony Robbins, in I think his book, Awaken the Giant Within, been around forever. Uh, he talks about um, interrupting patterns. And what he was mostly talking about, like, things that you're afraid of. 
um, that you visualize that thing. So if it's a spider, you would you would have the picture, you'd start with the picture of the spider that scares you, but then in your mind, so it's in your mind, you have full control over this movie. You can do whatever you want to. You can put a clown outfit on that spider. You can give them a good friendly puppy dog face. You can do all this stuff. And so you just re-picture re it and re-visualize it and you disrupt the patterns. Or if there's a, a memory that's bothering you, you play it, but then you have control. You can change how it is and you start focusing on these new patterns and it starts removing the anxiety. So I imagine there's kind of the same principles around uh, beating binge eating. Yeah, so what this guy on YouTube did said imagine your favorite food and imagine how it tastes imagine how it feels going down your throat mm. um, feeling the anxiety go away the um, whatever you do to eat it what, what what it does to make you feel good and now I want you to imagine as soon as you're biting into it it turns into feces oh my gosh or it turns into just something disgusting so like you're having this thought of how good this tastes and then you imagine like an M&M, like you bite into M&M, M&M instead of chocolate, it's feces. Yeah. And that interrupts the pattern of this is good. And we have very, very powerful thoughts because I, I did that with my favorite um, chip, well, barbecue chips and cheese dip. And I did that and like as, as soon as you think about it and you think of it, um, in the disgusting way, immediately you're turned off from it. Mm. Even if you, even if you were craving that second, you're already immediately disgusted by it because you're thinking of that, and it interrupts the pattern at that moment. Interesting. I've I've, I've kind of done that, except I, I've kind of made like trying to picture all sugar as poison because. It is. It, to me, it is, well, as a diabetic. Well, well, the problem with saying everything is all poison is that you've never tasted what poison is. So poison's not disgusting. It's just, I know it can hurt me. Yeah. Or what you're saying is change it to something you really hate. Or disgusting. Or, or disgusting, yeah. This is, you know. Some, something you could actually imagine. And go, ugh. Right. I don't yeah. know if, like, your least favorite food and imagine that. or Right. Know. No, okay. Any, what else? And then it says, next thing after, and if when you do the first part of interrupting the pattern of thinking of that way, most of the time, just doing it once isn't going to change anything. You have to repeatedly do it, or it's, or it's just going to be that one thought you had, and it's over with. You, right. you, go, right, right. you can go right to it again, and it's... It doesn't really matter. Yeah. It has to be an interrupting pattern, which pattern means more than one time. Right. Yeah. And then the second thing they say to do is to hyper-focus on a meaningless task. Oh, so, so Distraction. Yeah, so like do a task that has a very low decision-making to it. So like playing basketball, um, doing... Um, I wouldn't say video game because that, that may be too... Yeah. Low of a task. Something that's active, but not hard. Yeah, like clean, cleaning or something that you, you have to be hyper-focused on to do it. Because video games don't really have... You, ca you don't really have to be super hyper-focused. You just have to watch the screen and yeah. and react. Cause you're, so you're hyper-focused, but still have to make some decisions so you, so it captures your, your attention. And if you, if you pick a task that's too 
um, decision-oriented creates anxiety and creates anxiety so you, you just which triggers you yeah so it just yeah. throws you back into what right. you were no, I can see that so that's like you have to find something that takes your mind off of something but doesn't make your mind active at the same time if that makes sense yeah okay so sounds like there just needs to be some intention behind all this this isn't going to happen by accident and I just I thought that was kind of cool because like we we like I don't know like um, drawing something like that I yeah. don't know if you ever had this feeling where you're doing something and you're so hyper focused on it you forget about how you're feeling in that moment yeah or maybe you lost reading a book a storybook or something a fiction book um, lots of time can go by buy you some time and I, like. I've heard that over the years, you know, with like cigarettes or whatever, you know, if you can get yourself distracted when, when you feel like you want one, go do something for 10 minutes. And, you know, if you still want one, fine. But a lot of times you'll find that that distraction bought you a couple of hours before the want came back. Yeah. And, and so the next thing you have to do is um, what, what we've talked about before is kind of now you have to replace your pattern now you, absolutely you messed up your pattern you you've um, found something that when you're in that moment of stress and everything you have to pull you have something that you can hyper focus on but if you just hype just hyper focusing on something every single time isn't going to work right because it, it's just a momentary thing and once you're out of that hyper focus state when you're tired now you're going to go back to the thing you're already at. It, yep. It's just a distraction. It's not something that's going to um, yeah, take so, it away. So I'm thinking if you're, you should do the opposite then with the healthy food. So you should be imagining how great that's going to taste, how crisp that apple's going to sound, yeah. the experience, you know, thinking about how good you're going to feel and create positive uh, patterns around what you should be eating. Yeah, and that's kind of what we, what I do with um, keto and why I want to get a grill is because I'm thinking about the feeling of grilling. The yeah, feeling. so you're going to chase flavors, right, to to get you to eat things that are good. Yeah, and that, that because a pattern in changing your lifestyle is kind of chasing something else. Yeah. And because we're always constantly chasing something. Well, like you said earlier, one of the signs of binging is, is eating really fast. And I think one of the reasons we eat a lot of food is because we eat it really fast and our bodies never have the opportunity to release the chemicals needed to uh, feel full in time, right? So we've, we've crossed full and we're still eating before our bodies had a chance to even register it to our brain so that we would react appropriately. And by the time it does, we're way past and now we're, we're not just full, we're miserable. I think so one of the keys I think to slowing down would be to uh, one not eat while you're doing something else when you're eating you're just eating yeah and also also I think one of the biggest thing is um, have a role in making the food there you go because appreciate the food because yeah. because if you have a role in making the food and I don't, I don't mean like putting something in the microwave or right like drive-through yeah, like actually making the food because once you're making the food, you're 
I don't know what it is. It's like you're attached to it. Yeah, it's your creation. It's your creation. Yeah. So you're not, you're not over. It's not. It's like because you go through fast food. It's instant gratification. Right. When you're eating some, eating um, something you've made, you've already thought how that tasted. I, I don't know if you ever had this where you're hyper focused on whatever you you're going to the store to get, and then once you get there, you're like, you know, that doesn't sound good now. Right. And that's kind of what we do when we're making food is that we already know how it's going to taste. We're putting the stuff on it. So when we eat it, we're we're past the um, hyper-focused phase of um, wanting it really badly. So now you can kind of relax and just enjoy it. Yeah, because... Yeah, and that's where I was going. I, I, think it, I think it would be important to get back to... Um, there used to be a thing. I, I, don't, I haven't heard it in a long time, but it used to be campaigns and stuff when I was in school where they always pushed you know chewing your food each bite 40 times or whatever you know uh, before swallowing it and extending the meal out and uh, they didn't for you know we're talking about health reasons as far as breaking it down and and the um, the, the compounds in your saliva would start the digestion process and it's just more efficient and better for your body um, but it slowed it down and the more time that you spend chewing that and hanging out with that, the more you start picking out the flavor and you start enjoying it. One of the th things when I got really into coffee is um, instead of just drinking it mindlessly by doing something else, I would actually try to do tastings with my coffee and kept a little journal on what, what bean it was, what grind size, what method of brewing, um, temperature of water, um, all that kind of stuff, and then what what tasting el uh, flavors and stuff, what elements am I, am I picking out of it? Do I taste cherry? Do I taste whatever? And we don't do that with our food. When's the last time you tasted your food or really um, took time to enjoy your food other than getting it running towards? It's like difference between somebody enjoying a expensive small three ounce shot of you know a glass of wine with a fancy dinner and enjoying it and swirling it and sniffing it and whatever versus somebody that just downs a bottle to get drunk they're chasing the drunk they don't care what it tastes like and that's what we do with food we chase the drunk yeah because it, it's not about it tasting good and i i this is what we're going to probably talk next time is the sugar addiction yeah but like i don't know if you've ever noticed this I, i've noticed this is have you ever looked at the back of um, soda bottles and how much sugar's in there? I try to avoid that kind of knowledge. Well, when I <laughs> when I do that, I notice that like um, like um, root beer has low sugar in it, hmm. and it's and then I go to a higher um, soda like the Fanta Orange Mountain or the Fanta or Mountain Dew. I realize when I go back to the um, root beer it doesn't taste good yeah because I was I was chasing the high of sugar and there was more sugar in it more condensed sugar in every mm -hmm. every sip so that means that I was getting more than what yeah. the root beer was giving me and like it just keeps going higher and higher because because you, you drink something so much you get desensitized to it and you're like okay I have to go to the higher you're not even realizing it most people don't even realize that 
So they go to a higher higher soda with more sugar in it. Yeah, I remember um, in high school, uh, we at lunchtime we would walk down to a convenience store, uh, a couple blocks from the school, and they had a defective soda fountain machine, and we found out that on the Dr Pepper that if you pushed the little nozzle thing in just barely, only the syrup came out, and then you pushed it all the way in, then the carbonation everything came out. And so we would fill our glasses, our our root for our forty-four ounce cups. We'd fill it up like a third of the way with pure syrup before we'd go for the full and talk about sweet. We, yeah, at the time we thought that was the jackpot, right? And now as a um, a diabetic, I'm like, yeah, that wasn't very smart. Yeah, but it was awesome. <laughs> and that that's kind of how most things are. Is that we don't realize that we're chasing the higher sugar count than the actual food. Yeah, and so like, it, it blows my mind when you say that you can, you're can you enjoying sweet tea that's only a half a cup of sugar for a gallon, because I grew up on sweet tea that was like four cups of sugar. You know, sun tea, and then you brought it in while it was hot, and you'd put three or four cups of sugar in it and let it kind of melt while it's hot. Well, I can't and, do that. I, and oh man, that was sweet tea. Like what, um, what, what my brother says, well, my brother says saying he puts like two or three cups of sugar in it. I'm like, how do you drink that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me. That's what I grew up on. So um, what you're describing would be unsweetened tea to me. <laughs> yeah, it, it just, it ruins it for me because then I feel like I'm like drinking pure sugar. And I, yeah. I don't like drinking pure sugar. Well, that's good. That gives you a head start. Cause, but yeah, I think that's really, I thought that was interesting when I noticed that some some soda started to taste bad that I usually thought tasted really good. Well, and like I mentioned before, your mom, years ago when I met her, she drank Coke, just plain regular Coke. And for years, and that, I mean, she was addicted to Coke. And then when she found out she was diabetic, she made some changes and she immediately switched over to Diet Coke. And I used to just be like, oh, that's disgusting. We'd get our yeah. glasses mixed up at a restaurant and I'd almost throw up, you know. And I'm like, how can you handle that? And she goes, it was bad for a while, but now I just stayed consistent. And now it tastes good to me. And if I accidentally get the real thing, it makes me sick. Yeah, now now she can't even drink the diet soda. Yeah, she doesn't even, she avoids the diet and she drinks mostly just ice water now. Yeah, and uh, so our body, that's, a, that, that's the miracle of our body. If we'll just work with it a little bit, it wants to heal. Right? It wants to work for us. Because I don't know, have you ever drank like water for like two or three weeks and then try to drink soda? And then you're like, wow, that's really, really sweet. I don't really, I don't know if I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I did. A, I went six months without a soda once. Me and a friend kind of did a challenge to see if we could do it and uh, drank nothing but water. And that was even my pre-coffee days back in the uh, early days of college. And... Uh, Man, it was. I remember all the different ways I felt better. But you would think after six months, why go back? But of course, on the the day our challenge ended, you know, I went and got a sixty-four ounce you know, Dr Pepper and and never looked back. You know, yeah. And uh, the problem is, is I I never looked at it like I've gained water. I was only looking at it like I lost soda. Right. Instead of appreciating the gift the water was giving me, I never transitioned out of what I gave up and couldn't wait to get back. 
And that's what we got to do different. We, we approach, uh, most of the time diets don't work because we approach them as temporary. And, you know, it's been preached for a long time by lots of different diet gurus that, you know, it's not diet, it's a lifestyle. You need to change your lifestyle. But in the back of our mind, we're still thinking diet. And as long as it's a diet, it's never going to be long-term. It's never going to work because at the mo you're always, you're still focused on what you get to do again someday. Yeah, it goes back to like the, it's like getting out of commitment. You have a card that says I can get out because it's a diet. Right. Yeah. And, and once you realize that you don't have to commit, it's really hard to actually do the diet. Yeah. Uh, but we almost have to not temporarily set something aside that we're focused on reaching a goal to where we can get it back. But we need to treat it as something has died and passed on, mourn it, and, and, and move forward knowing that we're never going to have it again. And, and, a lot, and a lot of these, a lot of videos tell me that diets are usually the, the start of binge eating because a lot of mm -hmm. people don't do them right and go into such a deficit where their cravings are out of this world. Right. Then they need even more quote unquote medication to get back to their status, their their basis. Yeah, and so when they when they do that now now they have even bigger problems because before yeah. they didn't have a binge eating problem, but now they do after the diet. And so it didn't it just made you more unhealthy instead of making you actually healthy. Right. Absolutely. And so now the next next thing after changing your patterns is you have to talk about the anxiety in the moment. Okay. And I feel like this is the hardest one. So don't medicate it right away. Sit with it. Get to know it. Understand it. And then react appropriately to the anxiety. Um, not with yourself or someone else. Talk to someone about it. Okay. Like, so you need a lifeline. And... And the biggest thing is you have to, you have to make the choice of talking, because if you, if you, um, like if someone has to chase after you to get you to talk about whatever you're feeling in that moment, because no, no one, no one can look at you and see if you're in, have anxiety about right. something. And I've taught that before when I talk to people about getting an accountability partner. Is we want an accountability partner to hold us accountable and that never works. We have to find somebody we're willing to hold ourselves accountable to because we can always fool our accountability partner because they're not there all the time. You know, but so we have to get to the point where we want to be, we want to hold ourselves accountable to them instead of them chasing us down. And what's hard about that is when you have someone chasing you down or you have this imaginary thing where they're gonna keep you accountable is that Whenever they try to keep you accountable, you're already on the defensive. No, yeah. no matter what, you're on the defensive. So when you choose to talk about it, you your your walls are down. You're no longer um, trying to find a way to justify anything. Because when when someone tries to tell you, like take the chip back away and say this is account, you feel attacked. Mm -hmm. No matter what, you you don't change that. So the empowering part would be you. Walking over and handing that to somebody, saying, "Can you put put this away for me?" Or, or yeah, doing that, or talking about before you go to the store, mm. or doing you have a shopping buddy, or something like that. Because when you do that, you're—I don't know which how you feel, but when you have the craving, it's almost like a anxiety-filled motivation to get something. 
Oh, yeah. When I go to the store, I've got the list, but uh, there's huge anxiety as I try to leave without grabbing something extra. Something I can eat in the car on the drive back home. Well, it's, it's even worse than that when you know what you want and you're gonna you're, you're driving there solely to get that one thing. But you're, it's, you feel anxiety about the whole thing, no matter if you're trying to avoid it or try, going to go get it. Right. Yeah, yeah I've mentioned before, multiple times I've been in the McDonald's park or drive-through going salad, salad, salad. And they say, hi, can I help you? And I say, cheeseburger. And it's just like in that moment, the anxiety was like, I need, I, the fear of missing out or whatever, I had to have the cheeseburger, even though from the time I left my office or home, the whole drive there, I was psyching myself up the salad. I was like, this is gonna go good. You know, I'm gonna stay on target. And then next thing you know, I'm eating a cheeseburger, feeling shame, and now I'm off the diet for the next couple of days while I regroup. Yeah, so so the big, yeah, I think that's, I think talking to someone is probably one of the biggest ways to deter it. Because when you talk about it, your anxiety with someone, most of the time the anxiety is lessened. Yeah, I've heard advice over the years of, you know, when you're in this stage, never eat alone. And I think it's where the family dinner, like you talked about, um, is, is a, it's a tragedy that that's kind of been lost. Um, because not only are we not eating um, in the moment with company, we're eating mindlessly while lost by ourselves, lost in uh, gaming or surfing the internet or whatever. And so we end up eating more and worse things and getting less satisfaction out of it. Mm -hmm. right. And so, and now the last thing they say to do is if you're, if you're going to give in to your craving, make sure you counted the cost. Okay. Like yeah. before, like you have it set up, you, you know you're gonna give in, count all the calories, count all the workouts that you um, are giving up because you're eating that. And that messes up the pattern because now, even if you eat it, you're associating eating this stuff with a bad um, tie to it. Because cause you, you know every single time you do that, that, that's what you're giving up. Okay. And that'll help reduce the temptation to do it in the future, maybe. If you continue, if you're going to do it, at least associate some real time in the moment negativity and um, reality to it. So it starts losing its shininess and you start seeing it for what it is each time you get that craving. Yeah, because because usually before, um, anybody knows they have a binging problem when they do it it's just natural there's there's yeah. no there's no consequence for it all it is is good you're feeling good it tastes good you're just thinking about all the good things that this um, food is giving you yeah. but when you have to tie the calories you have to tie what you're giving up through your workouts or <laughs> all and how you know afterwards you're gonna feel um, your stomach's probably going to really hurt. You're going to want to crash and go to sleep. So, you, so if you had anything planned that night, you're not going to be able to go, go do it. And if you do, you're going to be in a bad mood the whole time. Yeah, it's gotten so bad that like when me and your mom would like plan a day 
like we're going to go out and actually spend a Saturday out doing stuff. We got all these things in our plans. If we put eating first, we pretty much don't do most of the things on the list. Yeah. Because after we're because we don't eat for the right reasons, we're stuffed. We don't feel good, you know, and we so we end up wanting to come home, and we all the motivation is gone instead of. So now we kind of try to get the one or two things we really wanted to do done before we eat and because we know that about ourselves. So the next step is planning our food around being part of the fun of the day and not needing to, you know, we get, I don't understand why every meal we have, we eat as if it's our last one. Like there's not gonna be another one after this, right? And I don't know where that comes from. Well, I think I think it just comes from the feeling of the food. Just really enjoy that high, I guess that, that addiction, right? It's like it wants to be fed, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, while you were doing that, we talked before about you know, you know, two glasses of soda is better than four. You know, you don't have to go from four to zero. Um, but I'm wondering if. Um, the things that trigger binges and stuff like that, um, if we really need to start thinking more about, you really may need to do cold turkey on some of these things because even a little bit will trigger the, the pattern that will cause you to go fully into it. You almost have to get completely out of it. It's kind of like poison, you know. Uh, well, I mean, you don't want to cut down from four capsules of rat poison to two a day. You need to stop taking the poison, right? Yeah. Um, so I think there's a little bit of that that you gotta, we kind of need to think about. Obviously, two sodas is better than four. The problem is, is the amount of sugar that's still in two is still doing what sugar does into your addiction, and that is gonna lead you back to the four instead of going from two now to one to zero, you're probably gonna go back to the four because it's still doing what it does. Um, what do you think? I think it's more, um, you're getting out, but when you mess up, it's okay. Right. It's, it's, more of, it's, it's more of a mindset of going fully out trying to beat it but if you mess up it's like forgiveness and accepting right that. and if you because the point of it is there's a difference between um, trying to be perfect and just trying so so what do you think is the difference between messing up and going ahead and having some of it in planned in your diet so is it better to say I'm not drinking soda anymore and then every now and then you mess up and forgive yourself and get back on track or I'm not I'm not going to have as much soda and just cut it down which you think is better long term I think what's um, from the start I think I think it's better to say you're not going to do it at all and when it becomes too much to give in and then restart, <laughs> restart from that point. Like it's almost like, um, kind of like a star system. Oh, I did good for four days. Right. I messed up. Oh, good. I did good for three days. Right. I messed so, up. So creating streaks. Yeah. And each time between mess ups, build a longer streak before the next mess up. 
So and then and so then not and yeah. but also not getting mad when you have when you did five days really good. Don't, don't focus, focus on, on the one miss. Focus on the four goods between the last. Well, miss. it's also like because it's all like this. What I'm talking about is like you did five good days. You messed up, and you're like, okay, now I can do six, and you do four instead of six, and now you feel like a failure because you didn't do more than last time. You have to get past that mindset. And think, oh, I did four good days. That's still good. It's yeah. building the pattern. Just because a pattern doesn't mean you always beat the past pattern. Yeah. And just means that you're continuing it. Right. And I think this also leads to the discussion on cheat days. See, so I, you know, when I was your age, I was going through the Bill Phillips Body for Life kind of that. That decade was ruled by the 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 science and um, gurus of that day. And it was all about, you know, having a cheat day. And it was usually like, since we had family dinners on Sunday, I would just make Sundays my cheat day. So I didn't have to, I could eat whatever and not have to like make something separate. However, I'm thinking now that cheat days aren't as helpful as once taught. I think that would be like saying, because it, it makes you focus on the bad things you're going to eat that one day a week as the goal, instead of the six days a week of healthy as the goal. And then you start thinking, well, why can't I have the day today and then do good? Yeah, and when, and when you read the books, a cheat day, in outlined in the plan, it looked more like a cheat meal. But we always made it you know, a cheat day. Yeah, I, Like I said before, we... You'd get up earlier that day, and you'd go to bed later that day so that you'd get as much food eaten. And I would find that this, all the progress I've made in six days was lost in one day. And then that would just create more shame. And what's the use? Yeah. Right. So I think, I think it's better to have the mindset you're not going to do it. And mourn the loss as if it's a death, right? Because yeah, it's, it's kind of like this. If you have a planned cheat day... For us, we're going to focus on the planned cheat day. Yeah, we're not going to focus on the winning the six days. So when you when you say you're not going to do it anymore, then it's actually a mess up. It's when you mess up, it's actually an organic thing you did instead of planning to mess up. Right, and then when you mess up, if you'll have that you know what they call after action report with yourself or meeting with yourself and analyze. Okay, I'm not going to beat myself up over it. I'm going to learn from it. What led to this mess up? What what part of my system broke down? Where are the gaps in my system that I need to alter so that this happens less and less in the future? Was I around the wrong people? Was I in the wrong place? Was I in the wrong mindset? Was I did I break any of my, my eating rules? What led to this binge? Yeah, because because I was having thoughts of binging like Wednesday and instead of Instead of going to the store and getting my two bags of chips and cheese dip and eating the two bags and everything, I said, okay, I'm going to eat, <coughs> I'm going to eat the bell peppers. I'm going to force myself to eat the bell peppers. <laughs> and I was full. And even after I was full, I still had that anxiety. So I had to force myself to go play basketball. Mm. Think, yeah, I know some said when you have that anxiety, just drink the largest glass of water you can and a lot of times it'll go away and it, it's and then I had okay well the store's about to close because Walmart closes you at the anxiety of 
in 10 minutes, I won't even have the option. Yeah. Right. So like, then you had to, you had to get past that. Yeah. And instead of, so I, but I went to the store and instead of buying the chips, I had someone go with me. I had my girlfriend go with me and I got salami and cheese instead of eating two bags, chips. two bags of potato chips that would have led to more shame and then have it getting off here, getting on here. Two liter. Can't eat potato chips with water. Yeah. You have to get the sugar, sugary yeah, drink. Sugar and salt has to go together. Yeah. So instead of doing that, I just got my salami and cheese and ate that at work yeah. instead of feeding my binge. And yeah. like I could say, I beat it. I know I just won the battle for it. Like you have to continually um, yeah. do that. Yeah, round one, one, thank you. And it's really, and what the problem is, is you're gonna lose that sometimes. You're gonna lose a round, right? And we got, we, it, it's fine going in. Your focus isn't in each round. Your focus is winning, winning the match. Yeah, and right. And you may lose a round or two, um, but you're going to do everything you can to win each round, not get derailed by. You know, what if what if a boxer won the first three rounds and then did poorly in the fourth round and just quit? Yeah, you know, it's like no, you're still up three to one. Keep keep swinging. Right, but we don't look at that. We always focus on the negative with higher weight. Um, than of emotion than we do the positive. And that's what I, what you were talking about. If I had a cheat day where I could eat those chips, I'd be like, well, why can't I get them now and do good? Start now and do good. I don't, I don't yeah. need to wait till Sunday. I can just, I can skip Sunday. I can be good on Sunday. I'll just have it now. Like, and then it becomes a thing where I, I give into it and I think it's okay because it's part of my plan. And when I change the mindset where it's not a part of my plan at all, Giving into it means I failed. Yeah. That then I have a more of a motivation not to do it, yes. and then I, and then I can put more grit into, like what you what you always said you have to have grit to get past, and yeah. eat the bell pepper, yeah. and you have to use your. Yeah, you grit. don't rely on grit and willpower because it runs out really quick, but you tend to need it to get started, um, and then you you build the systems and team. Uh, around you to keep the flywheel momentum going once that grit runs out and a lot of us never get there we we don't build the team around us the system around us and so we just fizzle out and end up in a worse state than we were before because now we're even medicating worse feelings than we were before we started yeah and i don't i don't know why i chose to eat the bell peppers because like i would i normally i would have um like overnight oats in there and i wouldn't eat it I would already have that system set up before, so I don't know what the difference was between this time and choosing to eat the bell peppers. You I must have liked them at some level. Yeah, I liked them, but I love them. So Was it more of taste or worrying about you wouldn't be full? So the two bell peppers, you know there was enough bell pepper, stuffed bell peppers in the fridge to get you full, maybe that was better, but you know that the, the little cup of overnight oats, even though it's good for you, it doesn't necessarily satisfy the, the hunger right off the bat. Yeah, I think it doesn't, the overnight oats don't satisfy my salty, salty wants and all that kind of stuff. The bell pepper does, because I can put it as much salt as I want on Spices, it. Spices, whatever, yeah. To get the feeling of the chip of spice and so maybe that's why but 
I'm just glad I I gritted through putting him into putting him in the microwave and heating him up and stuff because you can get into the mindset well so in it's already cold yeah and it's in it's in the fridge and it's not it's not not gonna taste as good as it was coming out of the oven <laughs> so why would I want it and like I had like that's the inner self rationalize yourself into what you are craving yeah and that that's what I mean like your inner salesman the binge eating is telling me hey it's okay like it's not yeah. it's not going to taste as good as it would have yesterday yeah. and so yeah so the, the failure in the system that led to my Mr. Goodbar was somebody needed to run to the store because we were out of milk right and so I wasn't craving one until somebody said I'm going to run to the store. Do you need anything? You know, if we hadn't run out of the milk, if we you know, planned our shopping in a way that we were stocked up for what we were doing and didn't have this spur of the moment trigger. Um, and, but as soon as I knew if I said, you know, I had to say yes or no right then, it was like candy bar, you know, and it was yeah. it, or red vines. Yeah, or, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, I cycle between, yeah, pick me up some red vines or some peanut M&Ms or a Mr. Good Bar, and I kind of cycle through that. Yeah. And, uh, um, and I passively, aggressive, I don't know the grip, but I, I, I purposely don't say what size, hoping that you'll get the big one. Um, but not saying it so that I could pass some of the blame on the person that bought it, right? Oh, well, I just meant the small package, but thanks for the family size, you know? Yeah. Or I could have said, get me the snack size, but I didn't. I purposely don't mention the size, secretly hoping that they'll get me the big package so that I don't have to share the whole blame myself. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's, it's dumb, these tricks we come up with to, to get what we desire and feel good about it okay and, and if we did it's obviously we inherently know it's wrong or we wouldn't be doing all these weird dances to make it happen yeah <laughs> so we're about an hour in okay so i think we're going to end it here so, so because we made them wait one extra day we threw in an extra five or ten minutes yep look at that so uh where can they go to get more information or, or just uh connect with us there Daniel? Um, they can go to my blog. It's in the link um, at the Anchor app, I think. Uh, I'm not sure. It, well, it's in our, our name. Our, our uh, picture of our podcast is fatweek.com, and that's where you can go. Okay. Um, what's your plans? Let's just spend two minutes there. What's your plans there? Because I think you still just got the three articles. I know you're always thinking of stuff, but have you have you published another one yet, or you got one? ready to go or what what's your goal with that in the next uh, few weeks um my goal with that in the next few weeks is to have some more professional articles not because the, the articles i have are more journals okay and i'm working on trying to figure out how to do pro professional articles and then i will also want to do um, motivational videos like one minute motivational vi um, videos like i was talking about um What's your chase down block? And what I was talking about to you a few days ago. Oh, yeah. That'll be good when you get to share that on the podcast. That was a good thought. So, like that illustration you came up with. So, like, it, it's a work in progress. I'm trying to kind of make it professional. 
Right. So, but in the meantime, it does give our listeners a, a place they can go to contact us, and uh, they can. There's, I think there's a in our message section or a chat section or something there where they can say, "Hey, like your podcast." Here's a question I have. Here's my story. And you can also um, click the Instagram page, and you can also message us on Instagram. Because okay. my, my Instagram's linked to the website. Okay, good. Your your Daniel Harbaugh Instagram, definitely. And uh, I just also want to mention, if you go to that um, anchor.fm, I believe it's uh, forward slash fat dash week dash podcast maybe whatever the anchor is for ours I'll put it in the show notes um, if you go there there is a button you can push and you can record on your phone a um, short message to us that will then be stored in our um, uh, library that we can use in future podcasts so we could actually drag and drop your message your question, your encouragement, your story into it, and then we can interact with it, answer the question, whatever, and you can be in the podcast. So um, if you feel like doing that, please do. Please, we'd be pretty excited to check in there and see that we have some of those to work with. Yeah, it'd be nice to hear some hear from people. Yeah. So uh, with no further ado, this is the Fat and Weak Get Healthy podcast, and I'm Russell. And I'm Daniel. And we'll catch you next Tuesday.